Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Peter, how are you? I'm good, Eric. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited about today's topic because you are covering 40K 101. And so this is like the basics. And I, I got to tell you a quick story, Peter. I went to the doctor this morning. You and I are talking off air about that. And I uh, went to the doctor this morning and literally I had two people because they, we were talking about what I do now compared to what I did like 10 years ago. I know I've known these folks for a very long time. So we we're talking about that and talking about podcasting and all that. And that, you know, talking about working with you and both of them immediately were asking me questions about 401ks. Both of them. They're both almost 70 years old. And so they're getting ready to retire. They love what they do. They're nurses and nurse practitioners. And so it was just so timely that I was like, oh, yeah, we're totally talking about this today. So I'm excited to get into 401k 101. Excellent. Well, it's, it's all, it, to me, this is one of those evergreen topics that's always on people's mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So I, I think we should probably establish the base for, since it is 101, what is a 401k plan, Peter? Yeah. So a 401k plan is a retirement plan sponsored by a business, an organization, an entity, some sort of employer-sponsored plan. Could be a nonprofit organization. It could be a for-profit. Could be a small company. Could be a large company. And the 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 government, um, in its infinite wisdom, offers employers and employees tax advantages, certain advantages, not just tax advantages, but other advantages as well, to establish and to participate in a 401k plan, a, a retirement plan. And, and the reason being is that it's it's to everyone's best interest. It's society as a whole, uh, everyone's best interest to be prepared for retirement. And um, you know, saving and setting aside monies into a a retirement plan is a good thing. And the Congress and the U.S. government has recognized that. And it's part of our our system today. It's one of the three legs of your retirement plan. The first leg is really social security. That's the, the, the basis for retirement income. And then beyond that, you've got retirement plans that are, mm-hmm. that are offered through your employer. And Individual retirement accounts. These are are all tax qualified plans that are are advantageous to utilize. And then thirdly, you've got non-retirement assets. So those are the three legs of your retirement planning stool. All right. So that's what a 401k plan is. Got it. So, and, and I'm going to ask you a little bit of a deeper question on this as well. But I, I can tell you personally that a 401k plan for myself and all my friends that I grew up with and we went through our early 20s and, and mid-30s and so on and so forth, it was such a blessing because of the fact that we were not good with our money. <laughs> okay, we were not great. If the paycheck came in and we we liked to spend that paycheck and so if there was something that wasn't in the paycheck, automatically, 
then we didn't even know it, right? It was, it was already gone. So that was what was probably the best thing for me for a 401k. Um, but I would like to hear from you. Why should an employee participate in a 401k plan if they're at a company that offers it? Yeah. And you named reason number one for me to give you a little preview. There are six reasons that I wanted to talk about, but that's okay. number one. It's a systematic contribution that's automatically deducted from your paycheck. You don't have to think about it. You pay yourself first. And I'm like you, Eric. I need something that happens automatically for me to to know and to be certain that it's going to happen. And if I've been I've been contributing to my retirement plans for 40 years. So a long time. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) And and at the beginning, it was very small amounts of money, but I did it systematically. Yeah. And that's what makes retirement plans, 401k plans sing. It's the consistency of doing it each and every paycheck. Pay yourself first. You don't have to think about it. So what a 401k, one of the features of the 401k plan is the ability for an employee to defer compensation and by def- the, the, def- the the salary that they that the participant defers is transferred to a retirement plan for the benefit of that employee. So that's the basis of the retirement plan. Okay. So systematic contributions are key. And I'm so glad you mentioned that as number one, because <laughs> it's really true. Number two, the, the, to me, the, the, the second big reason to do it is because there are tax advantages. And there's significant tax advantages. Um, and these tax advantages really become significant over a long period of time. And again, back to that, you know, starting when you're young, the longer you are deferring income into a retirement plan, the more these advantages play to, 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 to your benefit. So there's two things I think you need to consider on the tax advantage side. Number one, are traditional contributions to a retirement plan. So that you you don't pay tax on your money going into the plan. That's a traditional 401k salary deferral. No tax on your dollar or $10 or $100 that's deferred from your compensation today. It's tax deferred. The other advantage to this to this feature is that all your contributions and your earnings on the contributions are tax deferred until you retire, until you withdraw from the plan. So that's number one, traditional 401k, salary deferrals are pre-tax. You don't pay tax now, you'll pay tax later. Mm -hmm. Now, there's another option for you, and this has developed over the last uh, 10 years or so. You can make Roth 401k salary deferral contributions. And these contributions are taxed now. So you actually do pay tax on your contributions to the retirement plan, but all of the earnings on the, your contributions grow tax-free. Mm-hmm. And when you withdraw the funds from the retirement plan, all your withdrawals come out tax-free. And that's significant over time. So yeah. both have their advantages. And, and and I'm hopeful that we can talk a little bit later about which one you do uh, when and, and what, what's most appropriate for you. So that's number two. Okay. Before we move on, Peter, I, I do want to ask a question about that. And maybe you're going to cover this. So if, if you're going to cover it later, just tell me, Eric, be quiet. 
<laughs> yeah, go but ahead. What, the, the Roth 401k, what about the match, right? Because 401ks, a lot of times there's a match from the company. Is there a match for the Roth 401k? And, and how do the taxes work on that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, good, great question. And that's that could be changing depending upon your retirement plan. Right now, all matching contributions are pre-tax. You're not taxed on on your matching contributions. Um, there was a recent tax legislation called Secure Act 2.0, mm-hmm. which will change that and give you, you the option to receive Roth matching contributions as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's coming. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out, and we'll. I'm sure we'll do another uh, uh, podcast about Secure 2.0 in the future because there will be significant changes to retirement planning. Okay, perfect with, with that act. Um, but great question. So those are the two: the systematic and tax advantages. Um, very significant. I will mention the amount that you can contribute to a 401k plan is uh, pretty high if you're under age 50. In 2023, you can contribute up to $22,500 to a 401k, 403b plan uh, at any point in time during a calendar year. If you're over age 50, you can contribute an additional $7,500 up to $30,000 per calendar year. Mm. So in either traditional 401k contributions or Roth 401k contributions. So pretty significant. Yeah, um, that'll be me in a little over a year. I'll yeah, hit that big fifty, and okay. yeah, there you go. One nice. of one of the one of the many advantages of of turning fifty. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, so the, number three, compounding uh, uh, interest, basically comp- your money compounding over time. Uh, you know, uh, you you probably have heard this. Albert Einstein uh, supposedly t- said that compound interest is the most powerful force in the universe. Einstein said, he who understands it, earns it. He who doesn't, pays it. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I think that the, whether Einstein said it or not, uh, it's still pretty powerful. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, as someone who's been contributing to their retirement plans for a long time, I can personally attest to the compound to compound interest power. It really works over time. I've seen it with my my own assets and my own retirement plans, as well as my, my clients mm-hmm. who, you know, we, we have worked with hundreds and hundreds of clients over the years. And, and those that have been good savers, whether they're making lots and lots of money on their investments or not, the savers are the ones that have the, the significant assets. So here's an example of, of, uh, of that compound interest in its power. So I, I, I'll, I'll get Two participants, Jane and Simon, they both start work uh, at age 25 years old. And Jane immediately starts contributing $150 per month to the 401k plan and continues until age 65. So that that's a pretty nice uh, retirement plan. Mm-hmm. Simon, he decides to procrastinate. He waits 10 years and doesn't start to contribute until... He's age 35. And then he decides, well, uh, I got to make up a little bit, catch up. So I'm going to contribute $200 per month, also contributing to age 65. So over those periods of time, both Jane and Simon, if you do the math, um, they're both contributing the same total amount of $72,000. So Jane starts early. She starts at 25. Simon starts 10 years later. He contributes a bit more. 
but they both contribute the same amount. Assuming, this is a big assumption, both Jane and Simon earn 6% compounded monthly during this entire period, you know, what's the result? Well, Jane accumulates almost $298,000 over her, her working years, and Simon accumulates almost 200000 Wow. That's $100,000 difference in retirement account balance. And that's a huge difference. Now, you know, this is just an example. You know, most employees are going to start off contributing something when they're young and then increase it slowly over time. This doesn't consider any matching contributions. We're using 6%. Who knows what the investment results will be? But, you know, it's just a hypothetical example. It doesn't indicate, you know, it's not indicative of any product or performance or doesn't reflect any expenses associated with that investment. The rates of return aren't guaranteed. All those those kind of disclosures that I'm supposed to tell you, but it's an example. And I Mm -hmm. think just the, the power. So contribute early, you'll have more. That's the bottom line. Yeah, that's huge. It is really huge. Number four. So we've got compounding with tax advantages, systematic contributions. And here's number four, free money. I like that. Yeah, I think most people do. (laughs) Your employer may make matching contributions. And I would say most 401k plans offer some sort of incentive for employees. So they participate and they see this retirement plan as a benefit. And it's really free money. I mean, employers offer retirement plans because it's in their best interest. They attract and retain employees. Most employees are expecting it today. And many, many employers are offering a matching contribution. And what that means is that when you put a dollar into the plan, they put a certain amount. It could be a dollar. It could be 25 cents. It could be 50 cents. And there's usually some sort of formula. It's based on a percentage of compensation. So uh, here's one formula, just as an example. They will match, the employer might match 50% up to 6% of compensation, up to compensation. Mm -hmm. So if you contribute 6% of pay, your employer will contribute 3% to the plan. If you contribute 4%, they'll contribute 2%. And and it's it's capped usually. There's some sort of cap. So if you contribute 8% in this example, they're still only going to contribute 3% because it's capped up, you know, 50% up to 6%. But nevertheless, those are pretty powerful benefits over a long period of time. You know, that basically is like a 50% rate of return on your money. And the goal, I think, for all employees is to take full advantage of that matching contribution, Mm -hmm. if you can. Can be hard, and it sometimes it, at some points in time you may not be able to. But gee whiz, take advantage of that matching. It's free money. It's like being offered paid time off or vacation time during the year, and not and not using it. <laughs> yeah. So take advantage. Okay, number five, investment flexibility. Not everyone's the same. Not everyone wants to invest the same way. So most plans today offer a variety of investment options from no risk, very safe investments to low risk, to moderate risk or aggressive risk options. And typically when you take on more investment risk, uh, over time you are likely to have and achieve greater returns in your portfolio. It allows you to build your own portfolio. So most plans have pretty traditional investment options that, that include guaranteed 
accounts or money market accounts and different kinds of stocks and bond funds. These are pooled funds. You're not going to buy individual stocks or individual Mm -hmm. bonds uh, typically, but you're going to be offered funds. And and the plan sponsor has a fiduciary responsibility to make sure that the funds that are offered in the plan are reasonable and appropriate. And that doesn't mean that all plan fiduciaries or, or, or plan sponsors take that responsibility seriously. Uh, so participants need to be thoughtful and they need to monitor their own investment options. You know, seek advice, look to see what what's being offered. And I think that's, I, I think you'll have better results if you can stay engaged. If you're working with a financial advisor, get, get their thoughts on, on, on what's being offered to you. Hi, this is Catherine Broy from the Raskin Planning Group. Apologies for the interruption. Thanks so much for listening to Wealth is in the Details. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, please visit our website at www.raskinplanning.com. Look for the podcast's show notes and connect with us via social media. Okay, Peter, (laughs) self-confession here. Um, You've been doing this for a very long time, and I've been part of 401ks in, in a couple different companies. I didn't really monitor uh, my investment choices. I, I know that my, my first one for sure, the guy just said, Hey, you're young. You should be aggressive. Choose this one. I'm like, okay. So I did, I checked the box and that was it. And I never touched it again. So in, in your, from your perspective and, and, and doing this since I think the, the, the eighties, we've talked about that before, you've been doing this for a very long time. Do you think most participants do this? Do, do they monitor their investment choices? Are they actively taking a look? No. Okay. <laughs> I feel better. I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. The vast majority of employees and participants do not. And, okay. and, and that's a problem, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, basically, what I've seen it, it, over the years is most participants, they make a choice and they never make any changes just like you did. Yep. Um, and in my opinion, this can cause real havoc in your retirement plan. So, you know, most employees, they they think that they might want to manage their own funds, but they really don't want to. They don't have the the interest. I'd say most don't have really the expertise to do yeah. it, to monitor on a regular basis. So having said that, I think most plans today offer a good solution. Not all plans, but but the vast majority of plans are offering today what we call balanced funds or target date funds. And these are investment options that are appropriately invested according to the employee's approximate retirement date. So an employee who's 35 years old, they could choose a target date 30 years from now when they're a 65, when that's, that's, that could be their goal of retirement. So let's say they choose a target date of 2050 or 2055 or 2060. So a long time from now, Mm -hmm. these target date funds are going to be broadly diversified in stocks and bonds. They'll include us stocks and bonds, non us stocks and bonds. They'll be managed for you. They'll be rebalanced on a regular basis. Frankly, they're they're appropriate for most investors. So a target date of 30 or 40 years from now will be primarily invested in stocks. And as the participant ages and gets closer to retirement, the fund's going to slowly become more conservative. It's going to automatically reduce the stock allocation mm. and automatically increase the, the allocation to cash and bonds. And, you know, for example, a target, a 2050 target date fund might be currently 89 to 90% invested in stocks. 
in 2050, 30, 32 years from now, that fund might be 30 to 40% invested in stocks. Got it. Okay. Okay. So each target date fund has a different glide path. And that glide path is the, that that changing allocation between stocks and bonds at different target dates. So it's really important for the employee to have a general sense of what those target, those glide paths are, what's the allocation between stocks and bonds right now, and what it might be in the future. And you can track that. You can look at your target date funds, or, or an advisor can help you do that. It's important to know how comfortable the employee is with the allocation they've chosen. So I think that's a great solution. I, and honestly, that's what I've done for my own retirement plans. Like, why reinvent the wheel? Yeah. It's 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 done well. It's not you know, if the markets are are down and I'm 70, 80, 90% in stocks, guess what? My account's going to go down in value. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be appropriately balanced. It's going to be rebalanced, meaning, you know, they're going to have the always the right amount of stocks and the right amount of bonds in my portfolio. It's a very reasonable option. All right. So, number 5 was investment flexibility. Number 6, this is a great benefit. It's Portable. Your contributions are always your money. And if you terminate employment or when you retire, you take it with you. It's your money. And and, an employer matching contributions can become 100% yours over time. You might be 100% vested in in the matching contributions that are made, or it might take five or six years. That's called, we call that vesting. So over time, you, 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 it, for example, a six year vesting schedule is, is typical for the matching contribution. You might be 0% vested in year one, but after you've been employed for longer than one year, 20% of your employer matching contribution might be vested. And then the next year, another 20%. So at the end of six years of employment, you could be a hundred percent vested. And if you terminate, you, you can take whatever you've contributed to the plan plus your vested employer contribution. So portability is key. And I will mention this. I strongly advise employees that have left employment that have any sort of significant amount in their retirement plan or even a small amount, roll that over to your new employer's plan or at least an IRA. Try to consolidate. Don't leave these these accounts out there for a long period of time. Don't be a collector of retirement accounts. It's impossible to manage when you do that. It doesn't help you. It doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Your employer could lose touch with you. So take advantage of that portability. Consolidate. Make it simple. Transfer your account balances to your new employer's plan or or to an individual retirement account. So those are the six reasons. Yeah, so six reasons why an employee should participate in a 401k plan. Now, I've got a question for you. In the past, right, I've heard it's not not easy to get money out of a 401k, and people really shouldn't touch it. There's all sorts of warning signs and blah, blah, blah. You hear about fees. You hear about uh, you know taxes. And so it's a little scary. Are 401ks liquid in any way, shape, or form? How do I get a payment out of there if I need one, Peter? So the government gives us tax advantages, both employers and participants to okay. to participate in 401k plans but it's not completely liquid in in the sense that if you're st- still working um there there you may not be able to take monies out of your plan easily and tax efficiently mm-hmm. um it's really designed for retirement so most plans offer employees liquidity after age 
59 and a half or 60 or 63, 65, something along those lines. So if you're still employed at that firm, um, you may be limited. But there are ways to take monies out of the plan while you're still working at that company. You can borrow from your plan. You can borrow up to 50% of your account balance, up to $50,000. And you, you, you have to pay it back over a period of time, usually about, usually five years. If it's for uh, a traditional loan, if it's for purchase of a home, you might be able to extend that. Uh, but you have to pay it back with interest and you're paying yourself back that interest, but your money's not able to grow as mm-hmm. quickly. It's still not a good idea. So these plans are designed for retirement. Um, there is liquidity. If you need to take a loan, you can. If you might be evicted from your home, if you have medical bills, uh, if you're purchasing a home for the first time, there are hardship withdrawals that are available to you possibly. And those are taxable upon withdrawal. And there's a 10% penalty tax if you're under 59 and a half. And so that's the same with all retirement plans. If you're under age 59 and a half, and it's a a traditional 401k plan, a traditional IRA plan, there's taxes that are due and you have to pay regular income taxes plus a 10% IRS penalty tax. Mm -hmm. So it can be very expensive to withdraw. So these are meant for retirement. You want to be careful with your contributions. You want to participate, but understand that it could be expensive to take money out. All right. So when can I start taking money out of my plan or when should I? Yeah. So ideally it's when you retire. That's the best. Uh, if you terminate employment, you can roll the monies over to an IRA, and then you can take monies out at any time. You can't do, do a loan from an IRA, but you can take monies out. Mm. If it's a pre-tax plan, you may have to pay taxes on it and a 10% penalty if you're under age 59 and a half. But the idea of these retirement plans is to accumulate significant assets, tax-deferred or tax-free, whatever you choose, and then drip the money out over time. You're not going to take a lump sum at age 65 and pay tax at 100% of whatever you take out. You're going to drip it out over time. It's going to complement your mm-hmm. income. Uh, if you're receiving Social Security at that time, it'll add to your Social Security uh, income. If you've got income from other assets, it'll add to that. No matter when you retire, no matter when you start taking monies out, think about it dripping out just like you dripped in. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you contributed yeah. to it over a long period of time. You'll withdraw over a long period of time. So that's the that's the idea. Currently now, because of this new Secure 2.0 Act I talked about, the required minimum distributions are now, for those turning 73, you need to start taking money out if you terminated employment. And that's increasing over time to, to 75. But but you're forced, the government wants you to start taking monies out of these retirement accounts. So you have to pay tax. That's their deal. They want their money. They, <laughs> they want, want their, their money. money. Yep. Yeah. And so um, if you're still employed after that period of time, you, you can continue to defer. That's the current law. But uh, if you're retired, you do need to start taking monies out. Okay. So I want to I revisit when you were talking earlier about Roth 401k versus a traditional 401k. What's your opinion? Can you offer some advice about whether a employee should contribute to a traditional or a Roth 401k? I think it's a, a very, very important question. Uh, and we're getting that question a lot today. And it's not always clear. And everyone's mm-hmm. in a different situation. And to me, it's all about uh, marginal tax rates. To so Just to keep it simple, if you think you will be 
in a lower tax bracket in retirement, you're not going to have your earned income. Mm -hmm. You may be receiving Social Security, which is taxable, um, but you're not going to have that the earned income. You may very well be in a similar or even a lower tax bracket in retirement. And if that's the case, then a traditional retirement plan to me makes sense. Take advantage of the tax advantage now. Don't pay tax on the money now. But you'll take it out at a later point when you may very well be in a lower tax bracket. Mm -hmm. And that's leverage. That's good. If you believe that you will be in a higher tax bracket in the future, then maybe it makes sense to contribute to the Roth 401k plan or Roth IRAs because you you may be paying tax at a, in a, at a lower tax bracket today, mm-hmm. but in the future, you may be in a higher tax bracket. So that tax-free compounding works to your advantage. So it all depends upon your situation. It, it, it depends upon what you think uh, your kids might inherit. Um, if you've got significant resources and you've built up a nice uh, savings account in your retirement account, you don't think you're going to be in a necessarily a lower tax bracket in retirement, and you want your kids to receive monies tax-free upon your death, you you may very well very well might want to do the Roth now. So everyone's different. It all depends upon your circumstance. What I'm seeing a lot of people do is split the difference uh, because we don't know what the future is going to give us. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're contributing, you know, $500 a month or $250 a paycheck, whatever it is, split it between the two, Roth and for, uh, Roth and traditional. Oh, you can and do then that? You get the be- yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of plans allow you to do that. Nice. Okay. Yep. yep. So let me ask you this. Does a 401k cost the participant anything? So the employee, does it cost them anything? Well, it depends upon the plan. So, okay. uh, you know, 401k plans do cost something to to sponsor. There's a lot of compliance and record keeping that's mandatory by the government. It's for the protection of the employees. So it isn't free for the employer. And as a participant, you may or may not have to pick up some of those expenses. Mm -hmm. It depends upon your employer. If you work for a really large organization with hundreds of thousands of employees and, 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 and maybe hundreds of millions of dollars in the retirement plan, in total, you know, these are costs are spread over many employees. And oftentimes the employer picks up a hundred percent of those expenses. So it, it doesn't, that, that plan may not cost you anything, but some, some plans do pass on some of those, those expenses to the employees and smaller employers may offer a plan with great benefits, but because they're spreading the costs over a few employees or fewer dollar amounts, you know, sometimes they 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 believe they need to pass on some of those expenses to the employees. So it, it depends upon the employer. Got it. Uh, some some these fees, if there are fees, they may be explicit, and you may see them on your on your statement. But some of these fees may be embedded in the investment funds, the operating expenses. And so you have to. All the fees are disclosed to you by law. It's mm-hmm. it's it's but. It's very confusing. It's sometimes hard to decipher the fees and who's paying what, but participants should should look at that. And that that may be part of your decision making. I always recommend employees take, you know, give that information to their employee, their financial advisor, and let them explain it to you. Yeah. Um, if if it's not very clear. I, I deal with a lot of very sophisticated 
participants who make significant dollars, have significant dollars in their plans, and they don't they don't know what they're paying. And it's important to at least know what that is. So it may or may not cost the participant anything. But think about the, the matching contribution that, that you make that, that's made for you. That that can cover the cost to the to the participant. So if there's a a match of of three uh, percent that's being made for you, that three percent is going to is is going to cover some of your your potential costs. So even if it's a higher a higher cost plan, it still be could be to your advantage to participate. Got it. All right. Well, I know we're running short on time, Peter. Is there anything else you need to cover, or do you have any parting words for us? Yeah, just just a just a review. You know, uh, start as early as you can. Keep on contributing. Be consistent. Take advantage of, of of the matching. Try not to borrow or take hardship withdrawals. Invest in target date funds. That's that's my adv- advice. And don't try and time the markets. When you look at your statements and they're down, just put your head put your head down and 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 don't worry just keep on contributing take advantage of, of bad markets by buying low you always mm-hmm. want to buy low and sell high <laughs> so take advantage of that consolidate your retirement plans so you can manage them easily don't be a collector of accounts and we didn't talk about this but make sure your beneficiary designations are up to date mm. you, you know just you always want to, sh- to to make sure that that's taken care of correctly and then finally, ask for your ask your financial advisor to help answer your questions. You know, review plan expenses, review your investment options, help you decide between traditional or Roth. Understanding how your contributions are going to affect your own financial planning. So those are kind of the the last words of advice. Is is uh, do it, take advantage, participate. Yeah, absolutely. And my my last words of advice are are this. Peter, you covered a ton of stuff today and again, can be very confusing and especially that last part when you were saying, Hey, there's, you know, the fees can are disclosed to you, but it's a lot of paperwork. Uh, my suggested audience is reach out to Peter and his team. If you have questions, Peter, I know that you look at these things all the time for folks. So how do they get a hold of you? If they want a, a second look or, or a first look at what their plans are. Yeah. Uh, I'd recommend you going to our website at raskinplanning.com. Uh, our contact information is there and we're Glad to chat, glad to talk. Um, if you're a participant in in a 401k plan and, and just need some quick advice, please call. That's what we do. Fantastic. Peter, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Eric. Enjoy. You bet. And our last thank you always goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask you to share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. 
Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp., a broker-dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is a marketing name for registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.